Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Guys podcast. I'm your host, Jay Cal, and with me is the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, none other than the modern day hero, Kevin Douglas. Kevin, we've got a lot to talk about. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing outstanding. It was a great holiday season, a lot of good wrestling to get to watch, and I thought the NWA was, uh, was some of the most, most fun wrestling going on uh, over the holidays. I'm so glad you said that. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone who's watching. Now, this video was supposed to drop sometime last week. However, you know, we're family men, so we've got business to take care of. And uh, wrestling comes second. So we get these out when we can get them out. We appreciate you guys watching them when you do. But uh, without any further ado, let's get to the NWA. Now, uh for this episode, this was the, uh, I believe this was the 11th episode. Yes. And it was uh, entitled, um, oh, well, now I lost my note on what the show is called. So let me just peek here real quick. J-Cal Infamous with the notes. Well, <laughs> if I don't have the notes, we're going to do a lot of uh, stalling. And so this episode was entitled Not Another Christmas Movie. And in fact, it was not a Christmas movie. Mm. It was a wrestling show. And... um so first and foremost, we had uh, Trevor Murdoch coming out, uh, breaking the news that he has signed a contract with the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, a lot of people celebrated this. Of course, uh, we're big, we're big Trevor Murdoch fans on this show, and yeah. uh, I'm glad that they're acknowledging that uh, his hard work has paid off and he is now a contracted wrestler for the NWA. Um, by my counts. The people who have contracts in the NWA aren't as many as the people appearing on television, but I do believe that Trevor Murdoch joins uh, another favorite, Thunder Rosas, as well as um, the the uh, former tag team champions, the Wild Cards, uh, Nick Aldis, of course, and and you know I'll guess to say that Aaron Stevens is probably under some sort of contract as well. All right. Just guesses. There's, there's not like there's a, you know, for baseball. If I want to find somebody's contract out, I can just go to Baseball Prospectus or or any number of sites, and I can find out dollar amounts and how long and everything else. With wrestling, it's not uh, public knowledge. Oh, but I thought kayfabe was dead. <laughs> kayfabe is dead and buried. Nor is it. Who knows? <laughs> I always, always said, uh, always say, well, whenever. You can tell me what's going on in conversations behind closed doors between Vince McMahon and anybody. Uh, then we'll know kayfabe is dead. But at this yeah. stage, we we still we still there's a, still a whole lot of things that even as a former wrestler, uh, that and having been in those types of locker rooms, having been in the WWE backstage, there's a lot of things that go on um, that we have no idea. Uh, how, Absolutely. why, or when, or what? So I, I would be willing to say um, that it's it's still alive and well. It's just maybe in a different form than it used to be. And you know, and, and, and just on that topic, right? So the WWE is a publicly traded entity. Okay, yeah. so if you go through there those uh, those uh, tax returns with a fine tooth comb, you're going to find out what these guys make and, and what their deals are like. But you know what? No one's bothered doing that because it's not relative to producing television so let's get to it uh this of course this interrupted the uh the qualifying match between um 
Ricky Starks and, uh, an, you know, another favorite on the show with another favorite on the show, Eddie Kingston. Um, just a note to, about Trevor Murdoch. I'm sure everyone has heard this, us say this multiple times, but he was one of Harley Race's star pupils. So I do feel there's a bit of that uh, good feelings for not just not just Trevor Murdoch and family, but for the entire NWA to have that lineage, that linkage, that connection, the legacy connected to uh, old handsome Harley, the king of wrestling. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, personally, I hope to see a lot of big things for Trevor Murdoch in 2020. Um, he's been one of the uh, one of the stars of the show as far as I'm concerned. So. We'll, we'll see what this happens for him. But um, and then and then shortly after that, um, we get the Pope. Oh, yeah. The Pope makes his debut. And Elijah Burke, he was at one point uh, commissioned to be the next big thing in the WWE as part of the uh, the, the new ECW. And um, obviously things didn't pan out the way that uh, anyone had expected. But uh, Pope has said he's looking for his next guy. He's looking for his next star. Mm. Zicky Dice thinks that might be him. And, uh, well. I think Pope set the record straight on that one. Yeah. I think Pope, <laughs> I think, I think Pope dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, in, in terms of um, Trevor Murdoch, I just wanted to say just a quick, you know, he's one of those guys to me, especially just, having uh, been around a lot of locker rooms and a lot of different types of shows and even work with the NWA, this is something that I would consider pivotal to any wrestling show. And those are guys that don't have to carry any kind of belt, uh, don't have to have any major storyline going for them, guys that can just go out there, or girls that can just go out there and really just carry TV time, uh, carry carry time on the show, anywhere in the show. And I've we've seen Trevor Murdoch do this. He's cut promos. Yes. He's wrestled for the, the world title. He's wrestled the question mark. He's been the opening match against a, you know, a local guy. And he's excelled in every single role. And again, I think that's why you got to have guys like him under contract because it's not always just about being in the main event or being in all the big money matches, but you need wrestlers that can carry any segment of the show at any time. And Trevor Murdoch has really shown that he can do whatever the NWA asks him to do. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, you're like you said, he's 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 fit um, very many different roles within the company already. And I think, like you said, that's that's always a positive. So um, but moving on, we get another qualifying match and we get Eddie Kingston, the guy who verbally bullied Joe Galley last week. <laughs> and he's taking on uh, Ricky Starks again. We're not unfamiliar with Ricky Starks on this show. Uh, even before Kevin joined us, we were all pro Ricky Starks, and I think uh, that sentiment hasn't changed. No, sir. Um, he famously said that uh, leather is his pleasure, but he prefers gold. And uh, he made an exclamation point that night when he defeated Eddie Kingston to advance in the, uh, the qualifying matches for the te- world television title. Some of the things that I found interesting about this match was Eddie Kingston's never say die attitude and his really just bullish attitude where he, you know, challenged just straight out challenge Starks to go ahead, kick me harder, kick me in the face, hit me. <laughs> and, um, you know, <clears throat> I haven't been in too many fights there, Kevin. I really haven't. You know, I think the last one was probably, uh, 
you know, a few years after high school. And I never asked somebody to punch or kick me in the face. And I tried to avoid getting punched and kicked, actually. Um, I was trying to be the one to do the punching, not so much kicking. But, Kevin, what's what strategy is that when you're in a match and you're demanding someone to uh, punch and or kick you? Well, I can say when I want to say it was maybe my third match, <clears throat> second or third match, somewhere in there. It was really early on in my career, and I'm wrestling in a skating rink in a tag team match against the Necro Butcher and his tag team partner. So if you're oh, familiar God. with the Necro Butcher, he was sure. one of the most famous um, deathmatch wrestlers in you know in for his era. Been world traveled and all that, and we retained a friendship all throughout my career, um, and. I'll never forget where I'm scared to death, you know, and I have him, you know, before Brian Daniel, Daniel Bryan, excuse me, started doing the yes kicks, you know, it was still pretty, a pretty cool move to, you know, snapmare somebody and kick them, you know, with a karate. Kick. Right. And so, right. Uh, so I snapmare Necro Butcher and kick him in the back and he looks at me, he laughed at me, you know, and he's oh, like, come geez. on. And he's just said, you know, like, come on. And so I kick him again. He says, come on. And so I, I jumped around. Of course, you know, I'm a young wrestler. I don't know any better. And I have an MMA background, you know. So I flip around and I kick him square in the teeth. And he spits a tooth out. And he said, oh, that's, that's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> and Whoa. I think that was the kick the, the kickoff to, to a good friendship. But, uh, you know, in wrestling, you have characters. And I say characters. I will say men and women, unlike any person on earth. And in wrestling, it's the only place they actually have a place to exist uh, because right. there's just really no other place for them in society. The type of person who will encourage you to keep punching them and keep kicking <laughs> them um, and, and knowing that they actually are getting something out of it. But right. it, it, as far as this match goes, I have to say it was a major upset. I thought I thought for sure I was going to have to come on the show and you know defend ricky and say hey you know what it was it was a good run uh but eddie kingston i believe he's a world he's been a champion almost everywhere he's gone and to right. get, a, get a victory over a guy like kingston a clean one two three in six minutes uh, right. i think that's huge momentum for ricky starks and i think it kind of solidifies our um our our campaign uh, for him to to be the underdog uh, for this tournament, and I'm I'm really pulling for Ricky, and we're hoping to get Ricky on the show, uh, at least for an interview within the next week or so. We do have a confirmation that he wants to, so uh, maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit after the show today, and and maybe put something like that together. I like it. I like it a lot. Starkman Jones up in the Alliance Guys podcast. I'm all about that. Um. So, I mean, again, I can't put a, a bigger exclamation point on it than you did. Uh, Kingston, well-traveled wrestler, is champion almost everywhere he goes. Uh, I don't know if I'm shocked because I, I really do buy into Starks. I really think the NWA has bought into Starks. Um, I'm kind of surprised this was a qualifying match and not maybe a match that happened at the tournament. But, uh, you know, again, the NWA has their reasons for doing things. And of course, uh, when you pull a name out of a hat, that's what you get. So next up we have, uh, uh, Royce Isaacs, a member of the wild card, a member of the stable. We now know is strictly business. And, uh, well, he's, he's there with a, a female, uh, a may Valentine. And, and can I uh, interject here? It, it seeming, seeming like anything, but strictly business. 
I, I, right. I, I mean, in a way, there was a part of me, and I know this. I know I'm just buttoning in here, but I, I was kind of excited to get to this segment. In a way, it was a really awkward segment, um, just because I haven't heard Royce Isaac say a thing um, <laughs> yet. But you know, I will say this: I do like to get to see wrestlers start to break out of their shell a little bit, right? And right. kind of grow into that little extra space uh, that they start to create for themselves when they start to kind of again break out of their shell. And so, uh, you know, is as unrefined and as choppy as the segment was, it was it was kind of fun to get to see another side of Royce Isaac. What did you think? I I, I agree. Um... <laughs> There were moments of it where I was kind of uncomfortable, and it, just because it, it felt it felt very forced, and I don't blame either May or Royce for that. I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot of chemistry. Um, as you and I both know, the more time people spend in the ring together, you know, whether it be a manager and a wrestler or a valet and a wrestler, um, things start to happen. They 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 start bonding. They start growing. Um, we're not there yet with Royce and May, but uh, that doesn't mean we can't be. Uh, now, as somebody who's watched a lot of championship wrestling from Hollywood, um, Royce doesn't cut a lot of promos by himself. He's always had his manager, uh, Jamie Iovine, out in Southern California. Um, I'm not saying that he can't cut a promo. I'm just saying he doesn't really have, hasn't been afforded the opportunity to cut, cut a lot of promos by himself. He's always had uh, a partner. So, We'll see what happens down the road with the, these two. I, but you're right. It does create a new level to the character of Royce Isaacs. And, you know, a lot of fans who first started tuning into the NWA programming around Crockett Cup era were introduced to Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer with not a whole lot of fanfare. So for us to get this pairing was, was interesting, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Well, and, and just um, to, not, not to camp here too long, but just sure. to kind of just to kind of say, you know, I, I remember a time in my career where where I had, you know, established without a shadow of a doubt that inside the ropes wrestling, you know, I mean, I went toe to toe with Daniel Bryan and 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 won. So technically, I felt I felt like there was that was something that I could do rolling out of bed. But starting to break into promos and cutting promos getting more comfortable with that, uh, doing some training with a guy like Jim Cornette. Um, you know, that was the reason I really believe that helped separate me from some of the other wrestlers uh, when I got into the National Wrestling Alliance uh, world title picture. And right. initially it was a little uncomfortable. And I did have some promos that weren't that great. But as time went on, the promos became the thing that made me not just another wrestler. And so that oh, was sure. something that was something I felt kind of good for. I mean, again, maybe this was not the time or the place to use television uh, time for it, but hopefully we can see some growth out of Royce Isaacs because in a team like the one he's on, you're going to have to have some time where you can carry your weight in promos. Cause I feel like this team is going to have the chance to cut some great promos and it can't just for be sure. always all this doing all the talking. So I, right. I want, that's my last piece on that. I just felt like there was something there to talk about. And and I just want to just add a little caveat to that, and then we'll move on. You know, Ric Flair cut the best promos, but a dis, not a distant, a very close second might have been Arn Anderson and oh. Tully Blanchard. All three of those guys could cut money promos and could put, pardon the expression, asses in seats. Yes. So 
Royce Isaacs, if that's where he's struggling at in his game, and I'm, I'm not even saying he is, but mm-hmm. if that's somewhere he can improve on, uh, by all means, please um, add that element, add that character to him. Um, so moving right along, um, so we get that promo, and it was kind of, like I said, kind of a little weird. Um, Isaacs basically says he'll take on anybody, anytime, anywhere, and we get the cowboy, James Storm, who we haven't seen since uh, Into the Fire. Yeah. And he said, he said to Aldous, hey, you're going to make me be the old me. I think I quoted that right. Yeah. And um, he came out there looking for a fight. And uh, honestly, Royce wasn't ready for it. <laughs> and uh, in, in, in some ways, it reminded me a lot of the match between he and Josephus. Um, James Storm gets a second win on NWA Power. And uh, I don't know, not a whole lot to talk about in that match. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go back and kind of say that this is an area where trying to re rehash old style uh, television wrestling has its Mm -hmm. faults. And that is that, you know, quality matches, you know, using all this time uh, of the television show to build up to a match and we don't really get a whole lot of anything. I think, I I just think they can do better because we need to see a little bit more. I don't mind him walking out. Right. Like I get it. You know, like it's TV. It's not a pay-per-view. We're trying to, we're trying to pull you in to watch more shows. Like I I get it. We've talked about this at length, but give us some substance because, you know, it would be fun to watch at least, you know, five minutes plus of Royce and Cowboy James just to watch them have some wrestling. Cause again, remember it's wrestling and, and a lot of the, the, the best companies in the wrestling world today that are making the most noise are the ones that will give us some wrestling in the matches. And right. one of the biggest complaints you're going to hear from fans all across Twitter land and wrestler land and anywhere else is we don't get enough of quality in-ring stuff. And so as much as I do love what the NWA is doing in terms of their feel, you know, you've got to be, you've got to stay up with some of the stuff that is going on right now and good quality wrestling, giving us more of that, and then leaving us hanging is going to want to make is going to make us want to watch more than not giving us anything at all. Right, and and I, yeah, I mean, you just hit everything, so I don't really need to put anything <laughs> more on that. Uh, we're in agreement. That happens quite a bit on the show. Maybe I should start faking a false opinion just so we could battle back and forth here a little bit. Um. So we and then we get Dave Marquez back at the podium. Um, well, I mean, I guess he was the one that was conducting this interview, and a little awkward. And again, going, I had written down here it was kind of awkward for whatever, whatever Mister Isaac said to Marquez made Marquez giggle a little bit and said that was inappropriate. So, uh, not sure what's going on there. But Do then, you want to take bets on what he said? <laughs> no, <laughs> me, <laughs> I don't want to. Me neither. <laughs> I don't want to lose our, our G rating, our PG rating. Um, so the next thing we get is E, lie, Drake. And I always point to the camera when I do that because I feel like uh, I've been uh, programmed to do that. Uh, when Eli Drake comes out, so we talked about uh, on the last episode, the sore voice promo, the, the sore throat promo, and how money that was and how great Eli Drake has been on the microphone. I'm not saying this was as good, but I'm saying it's at least as entertaining. Yeah. 
old boy comes out a little bit intoxicated, maybe taking a, a little uh, page out of Chris Jericho's book and enjoying a little bit of that bubbly. <laughs> and, uh, well, <laughs> he was slightly inebriated, and he says to uh, Marquez, hey, would you like a drink? Marquez says, I'm, I'm working. And Eli <laughs> says, yeah, me too. And, and then he proceeds to tell us that these are the shoes of a champion and, and, and that this jacket are shoes of a champion. And uh, everyone had a nice little laugh at uh, Eli's expense. Um, but again, Let, let's just call it what it was, the highlight of the show. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm sorry, but I, you know, if you were live there for that, that had to be a blast because that was just a fun part. That that was probably my favorite part of the show, which Eli Drake typically is. I had a uh, I had friends at the show and, and actually one of them kind of gave me some uh, highlights of what happened. And he just, in that highlight, he called it the drunk Eli Drake promo. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure live it was even better, but then we get uh, Josephus back in a Santa Claus outfit, now singing Christmas carols, which Eli Drake <laughs> rudely interrupted. But again, um, in the spirit of holiday season, I thought it was silly. I thought it was funny. Um, it did again, it ate up some time. And B, it just it made for good TV. I thought yeah. it was uh, and again, well if you're, you're going to not have wrestling, have some good stuff like that. That's all I'm going to yeah. say about it. It, it was fun. Uh, I, I like the, the choice of Christmas Carol, one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, good. I, you know, I just uh, I, I I enjoyed the segment all around. And again, I think this is something that that what we all love about wrestling is that yeah. it, that it's fun. Uh, there's so many times where it can be really intense and very serious and it is a very physical sport. But at the same right. time, we can have a lot more fun. You're not going to see that on an MMA broadcast no. uh, or, or anything of that nature. So uh, hats off uh, to the performers during that segment. And again, I think this is part of what we're seeing. We've talked about this again at length. That we're watching the NWA grow. We're, they're, they're starting to find out the things in their in their programs that really work. And then they're hopefully figuring out some things that don't work as much. And hopefully we'll continue to see them grow and and piece things together, but also at the same time, you know, push out out of their comfort zone a little bit and uh, and maybe transcend or innovate some things as well. But I I love this segment. It was a lot of fun. And speaking of out of the comfort zone, to me, it was it was kind of weird and and kind of neat to see Josephus singing Christmas songs. Um. He has a nice voice. I was gonna say he had a pretty good voice. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was... <laughs> pretty pretty good pipes there from Josephus. Well, no, no one doubts any. I, I, at least I don't doubt that Josephus is an entertainer and can entertain. Uh, sure, definitely a weird guy, but yeah, again, weird with a little bit of control to it. Not weird to the point of like what what's actually going on here. So, right. you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of Josephus. Um, I do know that him and Tim Storm had a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty well-known match. But, you know, all in all, I, it, it made me want to see more of the show. That, that was the best thing I could say about that segment. And, I mean, that says it all, really, right? As, as fans uh, digesting this product, whether live or watching it later on YouTube, uh, you know, after it aired, they want you to come back. They want you to keep watching the show. So whatever it is that hooks you, whether it be Josephus singing and Eli Drake acting silly or a five-star match, whatever it takes to get you back to that program. I mean, there's another wrestling promotion that I'm sure you're aware of. They recently did a wedding angle, and that mm-hmm. seems to be all that anyone's talking about that, about that program. 
-hmm. Now, for me as a wrestling traditionalist, I don't really care about that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is lots of people did enjoy it. Lots of people were watching it and talking about it. So, uh, you know, you hook hook them any way you can. And and sometimes you throw stuff against the wall and it sticks. And and a lot of that, a lot of times when you see wrestling companies do things and you kind of scratch your head and go, why do they do stuff like that? Why are they doing that? Um, it's, it's to hopefully create moments like the wedding or like this, like this, where you're just not going to get this anywhere else. Professional wrestling right. is the only, only real venue that provides the type of stuff like we're talking about right here. So immediately following the Eli Drake interruption of the Christmas carols, we get our world's heavyweight champion accompanied as always with Thomas Latimer, Royce Isaacs, and uh, we have what, you know, again, oh, and Camille. And what we have is my daughter bringing me a root beer float. Oh, <laughs> nice. Claire, Claire, come here. Wave to the camera real quick. Say hi, Kevin. Hi. Hi. He, he, you can't hear him, but he's in my ears. He said hi back to you. Oh, I heard him a little. <laughs> oh, you did hear him a little? Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I mean, that's just adorable. <laughs> she she joined me on my podcast on the uh, live show the other day, um, and that was pretty cool. We are family guys here at the Alliance Guys broadcast. 100%. <laughs> I'd be nothing without my family, so. Agreed. And that root beer float was pretty tasty. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> see, see, you body guys don't always get to do root beer floats, but us fat guys can do it whenever we want. <laughs> Yeah, as as I'm sitting here, I, I had to hire my own personal trainer recently. Oh. Yeah, so we're we're right in the throes of of a of a three month deal. So I'm just you know Uh-oh. becoming immune to such things. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm gonna leave this in here because I that I think that's good storytelling. Um, <laughs> all right, so next up we have um, as I'm going here through my notes. We get Nick Aldis, and he's joined, of course, by Camille, Thomas Latimer, Royce Isaacs, the wild cards. We know them now as strictly business. They've got matching jumpsuits, and I think that's that's all right in my book because I love the uniformity. I love the camaraderie. I want to hate these guys. I want to boo them. I, I don't want them to be my favorites anymore. I want them to be the heels that they're supposed to be. You know, for weeks and weeks, I've been telling you and I've been telling the guys, Aaron Stevens was so special for the show because he was the only character that didn't fit into that gray area. He certainly is a heel. There's no doubt about it. Even when you put him with the guy who gets the biggest pop on the show, he is still a heel and he still portrays himself that way. To me, that's always better than having a lot of gray area because then we have to make assumptions about who's what and who's who. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick Aldis has made that very clear to us that he is no longer a baby face. He's no longer the hero we once thought he was, but he is a low down, no good, uh, you know, uh, authoritarian kind of figure for the NWA. He, he doesn't have the ability to make matches, but he certainly can put together uh, a formidable stable and he's a force to be reckoned with. Well, and and I really, I really just, I really just think this, is going to be, I mean, this is Nick Aldis at his best as far as I've seen so far. And, and again, I don't think ever he'll, we've talked about the flavors of ice cream and you have different types of uh, heel characters. I mean, especially today, even if again, we're doing a throwback type of wrestling show, 
even back then, you know, you, you had, you know, I, I, I always loved Arn Anderson and Ric Flair and, and I, maybe I was just the guy that liked to cheer for the bad guys. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, I still, you know, and I like the great Muda. And, and so I, I, I like right. seeing, so it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a, uh, to me when I was a fan growing up, there wasn't a rule book. And I think right. as we get a little older, we learn a little more about the, the show or learn about wrestling. We start to maybe think that, that it's supposed to follow some kind of rules. But as a whole, I, I think is what, what draws fans to watch is what's good for the what's good for television. Again, uh, of course, as long as it's not making me cringe all the time. And right. With, with Nick Aldis, I mean, I have I came on as as not a big didn't know much about him. Didn't really what I did know. I wasn't overly impressed, but he has really started to take. It seems like every week he gets a little bit better. In terms of his, um, sure. It, it, it's, I'm just saying. I mean, I think we all know, especially from the Cody Rhodes match, that he can get the job done in the ring. And we talked. Right. I mean, we're we're kind of coming back around just from what I said earlier. But I think he has taken the challenge to grow into that wrestler. That whether it's in the ring or out of the ring, he's must see TV. Um, and you know, Ricky Morton. Uh, I'm sure he, I think maybe because he's senile and just can't figure out what's going on. Um, but he's not seeing, he's how he can't see what we see, uh, and the growth that Nick Aldis is pretty much the staple right now of the NWA, which is, again, I got a little bit excited. Um, and, and I'm not going to foreshadow too much about a certain individual discussing maybe some, maybe something with Nick Aldis. But again, I think I think if uh, if we're talking about the top guys on the show, uh, I I put Ricky Starks as my favorite guy. But you know, Nick Aldis and Eli Drake are are easily starting to distance themselves uh, from the rest of the competition. And I think what Nick Aldis is doing, he's doing it not just in the ring, but outside of the ring with his promos, what he carries himself, the right. the, the 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 story that was told, putting this group together. There was just there's just a lot to like about the guy uh, right now as far as the NWA goes and and heel or not, um, you're gonna you're gonna have to take that belt from him. You're not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be an easy thing to get. No no one no one's gonna take the belt from him. You know what I mean? They're gonna have to fight. You know, gonna have to go to war to get that belt. And when you're talking about Nick Aldis, and I think a lot of people seem to forget this, is that he was groomed for this, right? Like. If you go back to a few years ago when he was still in Impact Wrestling, like this didn't happen by mistake. He was in there with the main event, main event mafia. He was with guys like Samoa Joe, who for my dollars, probably the best promo guy in the business right now when mm-hmm. it comes to intensity. He was there with, I mean, I mean, he beat Sting for the Impact Heavyweight Championship. I mean, these aren't, these aren't nothing. You know, this isn't yeah. a guy they pulled off the street. This is a dude who's been groomed for this. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, was he the right decision when they could have had, you know, they could have had, uh, well, hey, they could have had Eli Drake. They could have had, um, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now, um, uh, Drew, Drew Galloway. They could have had Drew Galloway. They got Nick Aldis, and I think that was 100% what they needed. I think it's 100% what's his growth has benefited the NWA, and the NWA's growth has benefited him. And I think it's such a, a great symbiotic relationship. I think it's doing wonders for all parties involved. 
That's not saying I don't want to see Eli Drake kick his ass and take the title, but <laughs> but right now he is the NWA. Yeah, you can you could you could at me all you want, but Nick Aldis that Nick Aldis is the NWA. So, mm-hmm. um, moving right along, we get uh, we get the Rock and Roll Express again, mm. and uh, yeah, I really soured on both Ricky and Robert. <laughs> um, and, and I'm honest, I you know Kevin, I I don't ever come out here and try to be somebody I'm not. I'm not a I, I don't know all the booking plans. I don't know everything that's going to happen. Uh, I did get wrapped up in the excitement of the Rock and Roll Express. I thought it was so cool to see them win those titles, but I'm over it, and I've been over it since the uh, pay-per-view. I think it was a mistake to let them keep the belts, and they're still on TV, and I don't understand. I, I think it's time for them to bow out. I, I'm hoping that a title matches, a tag title match is made for uh, the pay-per-view. You know, maybe we get the Pope and uh, a new Outlaw Inc. to come in and take those belts. Um, I, I don't, I don't care who wins the titles now. I just don't want them on Ricky and Robert anymore. I want those guys gone. Well, and and again, like there's there, and we've said this, and I've said this. Like, don't if you're just tuning into the show for the first time, and and I'll, I'll take full credit for the beginning of this, the turn here towards <laughs> towards this. Because I could see it coming because, again, that's what happens when you hot shot and you try to continue to uh, kind of roll with something that was more just like a novelty thing. And that's why you don't do it. And you just would think watching what we just got through talking about with Nick Aldis, you know, a younger wrestler in the prime of his career, you know, taking the National Wrestling Alliance seriously um, and, and growing into something special you know what? Wh- why do the wild card not still have those titles, and why aren't they on the same trajectory as a tag team that Nick Aldis is as a heavyweight champion? And the Rock and Roll Express could have accomplished everything they've accomplished. Um, of course, in my opinion, aside from actually winning the titles, um, mm-hmm. but they could have done everything that they're doing right now, got their pop, gotten the nostalgic feeling, and all that, and it actually would have been better had they not won the titles. Because now you would now you've they're really exposed for what they are old, you know, out of shape, <laughs> past their past yeah. their time, and again we wouldn't be having this conversation had had that not been an issue. Uh, had had they, you know, done the right thing themselves and said, hey, no, this is probably not this is probably not the best thing for the business. And and I don't want to change too much of what I'm saying here because I am very much over Ricky and Robert, but there was something special about them winning those titles, and I know you hate it, and it, it and I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm just sticking to my guns. Well, we it can was have special. a disagreement at some point. <laughs> sure, it, absolutely, um, and and I think it was a unique moment, a special moment, and the fans went home happy, and it. It maybe might have got a few more eyeballs on the product, but it shouldn't have lasted this long. And I'm, you know, Lagana knows I love him. Billy Corgan, maybe he doesn't know I love him, but he took a selfie with me. So I figure he knows that I respect what they're doing there at the NWA, but uh, I'm so over these guys. And then, and then it feels like in, in correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't have all the spoilers, but it, it feels like they're building to a Ricky Morton Nick Aldis match, and I just I don't want to see it. I don't want it to happen. 
if that if that's what they're building to, I don't want it. I'm I'm I pass on this one. I, I feel I like you this. might feel the same way. Actually, I'm gonna disagree. You know what I want to oh. see? I want to see. I want to see Nick Aldis expose Ricky Morton for the old, out of shape, past his prime. Get your bleep <laughs> out of the ring and know your role and do your part. I want to see that. I want to see that happen. You know, I hope Ricky Morton hears the show because I don't really care what you think about me. <laughs> I've held the same, you know, I, I, like I said, if I'd ever got the chance, I would have put you in your place in the ring. Um, but the truth is, is that I'd love to see it happen either, whether it would have been back then or right now. I'd love to see Nick all this. Nick, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you are, you know what? Forget all the pleasantries. Put that old man where he belongs. Show the world what a real <laughs> world champion does when they get in between the ring and make him wish he never took that match. That's 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 where I'd be with it. So two things. Number one, that was very much old school Kevin Douglas coming out right there, ladies and gentlemen. Number two, I take it that you hashtag stand with Nick Aldis. Well, if he's gonna if he's gonna take if he's gonna take the time to have a match with Ricky Morton. Make it memorable for everybody, and beat that, <laughs> beat that, beat that old man completely out of, beat that old man out of the ring, beat him out of the business. Good riddance, you're a legend. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Yes, I do. <laughs> we have a women's tag team match, um, and again, we get um, Allison K. Um, correct me if I'm wrong because my notes are a little Ooh, fuzzy yeah. here. Come on, let's talk about this match. I, I, I we, really I really did like this match, so go ahead. Okay, good. So it's Allison K, ODB, and Ashley Vox against um against uh Marty Bell, Thunder Rosa, and Molina. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay. And I'm gonna say this. I think Marty Bell looks a lot more improved. I thought this match was one of the better six man female style. Like I felt like it was just a, it was a good match as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I smashed and trashed Molina uh, for how bad she looked uh, the last time I saw her wrestle. I want to say it was at the pay-per-view. Uh, I yeah. thought she was much improved this time. I thought she looked a lot more athletic. I thought her timing was a lot better. I thought she looked a lot more like, uh, the wrestler that I got in trouble for criticizing on Twitter, um, <laughs> you know, cause I got a lot of feedback, a lot of kick pushback uh, for criticizing wow. Molina uh, on the, on the into the fire pay-per-view. But in reality, I'm just being honest, you know, if it's good, I'm going right. to say it's good. If it's not, I'm going to say it's not. And again, I thought Molina was much improved. I thought the timing of the match was good. I thought it was hard hitting. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the tag, there was a lot of tags. There was a lot of back and forth. Uh, ODB, you know, she, she makes me smile every time I get to watch her. Right. Um, you know, I just, I, I thought Ashley Vox looked a lot more aggressive looked a lot yes. more like she belonged in the match again, like yes. Marty Bell looked crisp. Um, you know, it, it just, it, as a whole, I was pretty, I was very pleased with, with the match as a whole for a six man tag match, considering that we haven't gotten to see a lot of good quality. Uh, and again, not that the women aren't good, just the positions they've been put in. Uh, to right. have good matches, I felt like they were just given a, a just a straight match here, and you know, who, regardless of the finish or who won or storyline or any of that nonsense, I just thought it was a good women's six man tag match. And so I just hats off to the women uh, for just going out there hitting hard, uh, a lot of crisp wrestling in there, a lot of good ring positioning in there, 
for like a technical uh, person that likes to watch the details. I thought I just thought there was a lot of things to like about that match. You know, and and <laughs> I, I maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't want to draw the heat of uh, the Molina supporters, but I actually I think they did a good job of limiting her exposure. Yep, and they used her in the right spots. And to me, that is, I applaud all parties involved. You just said that's the best she's looked since she's been in the NWA. Um, and I couldn't agree more. But I think that was done by design by some very crafty uh, female wrestling veterans. So my hat's off to them, of course. Um, but we both thought it was a good match. And then ultimately, the big swerve, if you will, is that our, our girl, Thunder Rosa, is not going to be facing Allison K. And and you might see that you might see what I'm what I'm I'm calling my shot here. I'm gonna call it. Like you would in a baseball game. This is my right. call. I think this is the beginning of Thunder Rosa's uh babyface turn. I think uh, eventually Melina's gonna end up becoming jealous of her, rightfully so, because she's just not nearly as good. Uh past her prime, not nearly past her prime as Ricky Morton, but past her prime. <laughs> and and I, I think that Thunder Rosa, this is a good chance for, you know, and again, I don't know how the show's going to go. I, I, the NWA has been notorious for proving me wrong with their storyline swerves. So for all I know, I could be totally off. But this could be a good direction, a start of a move towards Thunder Rosa really kind of standing in the place of the fan favorite that she really is in that, um, that almost unstoppable momentum that she's had since her debut. You know, and it, it's, I see the seeds that you're seeing as well. I see something happening too. Uh, I think, um, you know, and this kind of goes with the last episode that just aired uh, yesterday. And I don't want to get too much into that right now, but I do want to say this. I, I see the seeds that they're planting, and I, I, I think I agree with you. If it's just you and me talking, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. But um, we'll have to wait and see. And then uh, transferring from this to that, we get Tim Storm talking about Mama Storm, getting really emotional, uh, <laughs> seeing a different side of Mr. Tim Storm, talking about his mama and her never-say-die attitude. And when his dad left, leaving them penniless, Mama Storm kept working, Mama Storm, Worked till the day she was seventy five when she retired, and she keeps wondering when when Tim's gonna hang up those boots. And well, he ain't ready yet. Uh, what did you think of this promo from our former world heavyweight champion? Um, you know, I you know I, I'm I'm Tim. Tim's a friend of mine, and sure. uh, we've we've been on the road together. We've known each other since my very beginnings. We did TV in Arlington, Texas. You know, when I was twenty years old. I, wait, wait! I gotta ask. I gotta ask. Did he have the outlaw look with the mustache and the ponytail when you are when you first started working with him? Yes, he sure did. He, him and he, awesome. had, a, he had his. <laughs> he had they. Well, and then eventually, I think he had his uh, partner with him, uh, who's longtime friend of his. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I know what I know the picture that they're painting here. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I just don't dig it. You know, sure. uh, I, I just don't, but I do, I do, I, I do like when Tim gets a little bit loud and he gets a little bit, uh, yeah, ticked off. And I just, yeah. th- I just think right now, um, you know, I love Mama Storm and I love my mama and I'm 
probably in the same category. I can relate, but this is not the time for that. This is the time for Tim to be on a war rampage, um, be standing in that place of, look, you know what? I'm a former world champion, and, and I was one of the stepping stones to put this company where it is right now. Um, I would just like to see a little bit less emotion uh, in, in the term of sympathy and a little bit more focus in terms of winning matches and really making a run. If you want to make Mama proud, get that belt and hold it over your head. Woo! You are speaking to the choir tonight, man. Um, I look at Tim Storm, and I know that there's a lot more gas left in his tank. And this is, um, you, you know, what's the easiest way to phrase this? I know how you feel about Ricky and Robert. Yeah. This isn't a Ricky and Robert situation. No. no. Tim Storm looks like a million bucks. Tim Storm can still get out there and wrestle a match. Yep. Um, Tim Storm looks great. Uh and until recently, you know, he was certainly uh, one of the top threats to Nick Aldis at any given moment. Um, I can't wait to see what he does next week on the TV title tournament. I do want to see more intensity. I do want to see more ferocity mm-hmm. from Tim Storm. I Like you, I understand why they're doing these promos. But like you, I also think that this isn't the guy that wants sympathy. He doesn't need sympathy. He's not here for us. He's here for himself. Yep. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, he knows what his mountaintop is. Yeah. And there's there's only one man stopping him from getting there. And let's be honest, um, the window's closing, you know? Sure. Uh, and, and the time is now. And the time for sympathetic, you know, uh, feel bad for me promos is over. The time is to honestly, whether it's in the back or, or however, what you know, there's a lot of ways that things can happen in professional wrestling. And, right. and the, some people need to get some elbows in the face, whether it's in the back or out, out in on television time, which sometimes magic can happen out there as, as, as it can anywhere else. And it's really right. time to shove everybody out of the way and say, you know what, right now is my time. Uh, right. I know, I know Eli Drake's got a, a lot of things going on. I know Marty Skrull is the thing. I know that Nick Aldis is the, the champ, but you got to, at some point, you got to be willing to make some waves. You got to be willing to take some risks. And I think this is the time right now for Tim Storm to do that. Otherwise, he's going to find himself in the middle of the pack going, how, do, how did I get here? And, and I mean, the quickest way to get there is to win this TV title mm-hmm. and to, to, to make his claim, hey, I've got my own championship belt now, and I am the best, and you can't beat me. Now, you got to remember, they're back and forth, right? So Tim – defended the title successfully against Nick in championship wrestling from Hollywood back in September of 2017. Fast forward to December of 2017, Nick defeated Tim for the title at CZW. Mm-hmm. Then first episode of NWA power, the last match, they've only had three matches, you know, on any yeah. given Sunday, uh, the better man can win, but the better man isn't always the guy that wins the match. And the better man isn't always the guy who gets his hand raised at the end of the match. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with this, uh, with this saga with Tim storm. And uh, personally, I'm hoping to see him win that TV title and bring some prestige to that new championship. Um, we could be looking, I'm still not giving up on my swerve that he ends up with all this as crew, but carry on. Whoa. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, main event time. And I don't know how I feel about this main event. 
because it's only given six minutes and five seconds. Mm -hmm. I understand the point of it, but your main event is supposed to always be like the match of the night. You're supposed to give it lots of time to envelop and tell a story. The six minutes and five seconds, you don't get that. We got a former two-time NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, a former two-time NWA National Champion, Colt Boom Boom Cabana, one of one of the show's favorites. I'll say it. We all like Colt Cabana here on the Alliance Guys podcast, <laughs> and he takes on the question mark. Probably, you know, the 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 uh, prodigal son of Mongrovia, but also uh, the adopted son of Atlanta, because <laughs> the people in Atlanta love this guy, and. Sorry, I the, get it. The prodigal son of Mongrovia. Oh my god! If they don't, if they don't, if you don't go ahead and just get the rights to that, and make a T-shirt. That is. <laughs> that was great. Carry on. I'm sorry, but when you have a moment, you gotta have a moment. <laughs> the guy, the guy brings out his flag and everyone salutes it, and I'm just thinking, what is going on here? This is America for crying out loud. Oh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get the question mark versus Colt Cabana, and <sighs> yeah, say it. Just say what you got to say. I'm, I'm pretty I, sure we're on the same. We feel the same way about this too. <laughs> I look, Colt Cabana should not be doing the job for the question mark. It just shouldn't be happening. I get it. There's a time and place for everything, and there's a story being told. I don't understand the story. I was there in Atlanta. I got a kick out of the question mark. He was fun. But this is the epitome of beating a dead horse. Yeah. How much more are they going to push us? Now, I know I'm in the minority. I know Jaden and DCAM were in the minority. Early on, they, they had nothing to do with it. I will admit that I enjoyed the silliness of it. I enjoyed the fun of it. And I still do to an extent. But beating Colt Cabana? Yeah. That doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't. And I don't... Uh, Cole Cabana should be right there with Tim Storm chasing that world's heavyweight championship. Cole Cabana deserves better than six minutes and five seconds in the main event uh, on this episode. And I'm fine with Zicky Dice, you know, doing the job for the question mark. I'm, I'm even fine with Caleb Conley doing the job for the question mark. This didn't sit right with me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, the question mark didn't cheat to win. He, he, he won cleanly. There was no, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I, don't know. I, don't, I don't have much more to say yeah. than that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go back to my thing about the rock and roll express. And this is something that, you know, and again, this is not going to be the exact same kind of, kind of comparison, but you're going to probably catch a theme here. And in wrestling, we have a term is called hot shotting. When you do something one time to get a reaction and the more you do it, the less reaction you get. And the less credible the entire industry looks when you do it constantly, and so right. and, and so again, you know, Rey Mysterio beating I think it was Kurt Angle and for the world title at WrestleMania, you know, that was a moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and you know, it was a moment in time, but you don't do it every year. Uh, you no. don't have it happen constantly, and by the time he's done it five or six times, you just go, well, when was the first time, and what? I don't even, you know, like it's, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns and 100% what, and what you're going to get, you're getting it right now with the question mark. I could have told you this was going to happen uh, early on. And again, this is the same kind of stuff that I just wonder, like there, there are times when I go, man, is NWA smarter than I think? 
And then there are other times I, I go, or maybe they're just lucky, or maybe the, the talent is the one out there doing the great, the stuff that, that's good. And they're just kind of, you know, doing their best to not screw it all up. Uh, and that's <laughs> what these, the, the, the question mark stuff really kind of makes me scratch my head. And I know they're going somewhere that where with it. I know that I'd like to think that there's a ultimate end uh, to the question mark story or whatever they're trying to do with it. But it, at some point, you're going to kill a lot of the things that you've already built. Right. And I think you're seeing that with a guy like Colt Cabana, uh, who we both are big fans of. And, and again, I, I, don't, I don't mind a guy who may be a little bit on the back end excuse me, on the back end of his career, uh, sure. you know, building up younger guys. And I feel like that's where Colt kind of is, but God, God almighty, like if Colt's on the back of it, back end of his, his career, <laughs> where is the rock and roll express and why are they the ones winning <laughs> titles and Colt's doing jobs to the question mark. Uh, these are it, the kind of booking things that just make me scratch my head. I, yeah. I'm not against the question mark. I, I think it's a, it's fun and it's funny, but it, at some point it needs to stay where it belongs in the kind right. of the shtick. Uh, category because you're starting to it's starting to move over into the category of guys that can really work and really do some business and it and it's right. making it all it's making it's going to make those things look bad and make the entire league look hokey and and i think to to everything you're saying look there's mileage to be made here right i i don't think i know that i'm in the minority i know that you're in the minority that uh, there's a lot of people who love this gimmick, love the character, love this whole spiel, and that's great. It's perfect. That's fine. Like I said before, wrestling is meant to be for everybody. We, we're supposed to have different flavors, but not at the expense of really a link to your past. Because, yes, Tim Storm was the world heavyweight champion when Billy Corgan purchased the NWA, but Colt Cabana beat Adam Pierce to be world's champion. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. This is a different time of history. Colt Cabana is, you know, do you, sorry to steal the term from me, Nick. He is the national treasure of the NWA. Mm-hmm. Colt Cabana has been around the block. And I mean, not just through the Adam Pierce years, but even like predating stuff. He, he was a part of the mid-Atlantic wrestling times. Like this isn't what you want to do with Colt Cabana. And I'm not saying Colt needs to be on a pedestal by any stretch, but why waste his talents and his abilities in a match like this? Mm-hmm. Again, if the TV title is going to be an important title, then by all means, Cabana should be involved. But Cabana should be losing to somebody like Ricky Starks. Yeah. Not to the question mark. Yeah. He should be losing to somebody that's going to benefit for that, for that rub. We don't know if the question mark is going to be here at the next pay-per-view, the next, the next six pay-per-views. We don't know. Yeah. So it just it, it does leave a bad taste in my mouth. And again, I don't even dislike the gimmick. I just think that this isn't where he needs to be. Yeah. And I, and if, if you if you want to use a question mark to have him go on a spree of just beating the crap out of enhancement guys, do it. Great. Build up to that title match. Don't put him in the tournament and, and give him a win against a guy who whose credibility shouldn't be sullied uh, by the likes of the question mark. That's that's well, just well. I'm, and and just final finally on this. You know, and again, let, letting me play Booker for the minute for a minute. Um, sure. You know, this is a good time right here where you have one of those uh, exhibition, where you have one of those uh, time limit draw things. You know, right. because now Colt doesn't lose anything. You get the question mark out of the TV title picture. You can't imagine that he's going to be the TV champion. 
And so you you kill two birds with one stone on that. No one does a job. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure. Again, uh, if they're if the plans are for the question mark to be the television champion, uh, then by all means, you know, wh- why not have why not have more of a screw job type path for him because it does match the character, it does match the story uh, that they that that he's in with Aaron Stevens. So again, right. you know, there's again, I, I, armchair booking right here. Though I have booked some events for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, so I, I know a little bit about how to put a show together. Sure. And I just think, um, you know, I, I just think that they could have done better here, and that's okay. Again, we're, it's just we're still a young, and I say young for the oldest wrestling promotion in, in the world, but um, this is still a young endeavor with a with a with a team that's still trying to find its way. So I'll give him a little, I'll cut him some slack. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we have all these big plans for the NWA and in my head, it's like, of course they're going to exceed expectations. Of course they're going to grow and all this stuff is going to happen, but we have to remember that this is year two. We're entering year three of the NWA of Billy Corgan's NWA. Mm -hmm. So there will be growing pains. There will be things that I don't like. There'll be things that you don't like. There'll be things that the greater audience won't like, but ultimately it's going to happen one way or the other. Yep. And I, I do have faith in Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan to put out a good product. I just wasn't happy with this match. Yeah. Overall, the taping I think was good. It was fine. The show was good. Uh, yeah. But again, I, I'm not happy yeah. with the women's Cabana. match was good. Eli, right. Eli Drake promo was really good. Um, you know, the, I like the Ricky Starks match as a whole. There was a lot to like about this, so you know, just uh, just kind of drop the ball there, uh, right I, there I in think the main. So. Well, as always, we're we're coming up on an hour, so Mister Kevin Douglas, please let our listeners know where can they find you on these interwebs. Uh, well, Kevin Douglas was my uh, surname, so you can find me uh, or my wrestling name. Uh, you can definitely <laughs> find me on YouTube uh, if you if you search Kevin Douglas Wrestling. There's tons of matches on there uh, from wrestling Daniel Bryan or wrestling on championship wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot there. You can also go to my YouTube channel for wrestling. It's uh, Kevin. Is it let's see Kevin Douglas two, four, seven. Yes. I believe uh, is the right. wrestling channel. Yes. Uh, and if you want to keep up with me up to date uh, post wrestling, uh, my shoot name is uh, Kevin Frazier. So you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. Um, at Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. So that's where I'm at right now. Cool. So that's going to do it for us for this Christmas episode of the Alliance guys podcast. That's airing about a week and a half later, but we have more content and more quality coming to you very, very soon where we're going to be reviewing the next episode of the uh, NWA power. But until then, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jay Cal, and this has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. You can follow us on all social medias at the Alliance blog, and we'll see you at the matches. Hey.